0: Welcome to the Teaching of the New Pathways, Part 5. My name is Pastor Gail Crock, Executive Director of Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan, and I pray that this five-part series has been a blessing for you, and I pray that you would pass it on to your family and friends who need help in the area of their mind and with the way they think. So here we go, Part 5. Pathway 17, the pathway of peace. I love this pathway. Uh, John 14:27, Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. So do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus said, My, Levi, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives, because you know the world's peace comes and it goes. So here's what happens. Jesus gives us our peace, and in the next minute, we don't have it. Where did it go? The world ain't allowed to take the peace he gives. What happens is we allow, we allow the circumstances of life to rob us from peace. Then I love the next scripture that goes to that, John 16, 33. Jesus said, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Did you notice there's a may there? Did you notice that? In me, you may have peace. What What is he saying? As long as you stay in me, you can have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he says this, take heart. And he says it with an exclamation point. I have overcome the world. Wow. So in other words, what he's saying to you, whatever you face, he's overcome. And if you can just grab onto that and get a revelation in your storm about that and what you're going through, you can keep peace. Then he says in Isaiah 26, 3, I will keep him in perfect peace his mind is stayed on thee because they trust in you. You know, that reads in the Hebrew, I will keep him in shalom, shalom. Now, I was hearing a a great brother in the Lord speak about this verse, and I really loved it. His name was Terry Stone. He said he believed that as he studied the Hebrew out, what that was saying is, I will keep you in shalom and shalom. What it means is the right and left hemispheres of the brain can be in peace. Now think about that. There was even a study once where a guy's brain was under a PET scan and hooked up to electrodes, and when he read the Bible, his brain lit up all over, and the light went off. It was like an energy was being transferred from the Word of God into his brain. That living and active Word was working and alive. And I want you to know that sometimes when you read God's Word and you put things into practice, you won't feel like anything's happening. You're going to feel like nothing happening, but it really is. Next pathway. Pathway 18, helping others. The only reason I have this one in there, the best way to get your mind on yourself is to help another person. No one is ever too broken that you can't do something nice for somebody else. And sometimes the best thing you can do is quit looking at yourself and get out and help another person and let God use you to be kind to somebody else who's hurting in a time of need. Pathway 19 is the pathway of prayer and fasting. Now, I'm only going to say a couple things about this. Isaiah 58 is a uh, tremendous scripture. Jesus talks, I meant not Jesus, I always want to say Jesus. The Word of God talks about the type of fast that God requires. What it is, is God desires that you and I be free. And many times, and Isaiah talks about untying the cords of the yoke. A yoke is something that has you in slavery. And Jesus, the Bible, and the Lord came to break the yoke. The Bible says in Isaiah 20, 10, 27, he says this, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off your shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And the whole purpose around prayer and fasting is not the denial of food. It is to get closer to Jesus so that yoke can be broken off your neck. God wants to destroy the yokes that are on you. Jesus said, take my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The enemy tries to put a yoke on us. The world tries to put weights on us. But God wants us to be free. And sometimes prayer and fasting is a perfect example of what you need to do. Then there's the story in Mark 9, verses 25 through 29. I'm not going into this. About the little boy that had a demonic spirit, but the disciples couldn't cast him out. And Jesus said, this type only comes out through prayer and fasting. What that means is sometimes you're in a battle, and you need deliverance. And the only way you're going to get deliverance is in that battle is through prayer and fasting. Now, if you're a diabetic or something like that, and you can't be without food, maybe you watch TV a lot. Why don't you, at the time you'd be watching TV, why don't you be spending time with Jesus and getting close to him? Because the whole idea about fasting is the denial of self and getting close to the master and getting into that anointing. That can—that's the only thing that can break the yoke. Then another great uh, pathway is pathway twenty, having a sound mind. I love this one. Two Timothy one seven. I kind of quoted this early, earlier. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God hath not given you a spirit of fear. If you are all wrapped up in fear, and fear is controlling your life, it's demonic, commanded away from you. I know it's a human emotion, just like stress, anxiety, and depression is, but there is a spiritual battle going on, and the demonic forces get behind those feelings and emotions and try to get them out of control. Why do you think, at times, that people go out and end their life? It's because they have gotten so depressed, and the enemy has such a hook in them, that they think that they buy into the lie of the enemy. And they leave such a wake of destruction behind them that it is incredible. you got to encourage people to be encouraged. That That is never a way out. Suicide is never a way out. But these things like stress, anxiety, depression, they get very, very much oppressive. And it gets really hard to get out of it when you get down in it. And sometimes you need to cry out to a brother and a sister to come alongside you and pray for you. Because you know why? We all go through hard times. And we need somebody else to pray for us. And so if you're listening to this, and maybe you had someone that did that in their life, then you just need to commit them into the hands of Jesus, our faithful creator. Because you know what? Jesus loves you, and he wants to heal you from the hurt. And we don't have all the questions to the why for things that go on in life. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, love, and a sound mind. So you know what? Maybe it's if, if your mind you're dealing with. Well, maybe this is the scripture you need to quote three times a day. God has not given me a spear to fear. Pathway 21, putting the past behind you. I love this. This is Paul speaking, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. Wow. This is Paul speaking. Or he said, or I have arrived at my goal. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and treading, straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You have to press in. You have to forget what is behind, strain toward what is ahead, and press toward the mark. That's the process. And if you got to press, that means there's a little bit of resistance. You know, this really relates to Paul because before he was Paul, he was Saul. He killed many Christians for a living. And now that he's a Christ follower, he has to put that behind him. How hard would that be to know that you are responsible for the death of many people? But God raised him up, converted his life, and this man wrote three-quarters of the New Testament. What an incredible thing to think about, how God can redeem So if you're going to get into your future, you've got to let the past stay behind you. In order to keep the past behind you, you got to get healing from the past. Then uh, another scripture that really goes well with this is Mark 5, 1 through 8. And I'm not going to read the scripture. is about the man that lived and ran amongst the tombs. I and mean, then he met Jesus, and Jesus set him free. But in that particular scripture, in Mark chapter 5, tombs is mentioned like four or five times. The word tombs there in the Greek literally means like you have erected in your mind a monument to a painful event that has happened, and you're living in that over and over. I call that the negative taste, where you've had things that have happened in your life, and all you do is rehearse those things day and night, over and over and over in your mind, and then it becomes a place of death and a place of bondage, like the man that ran amongst the tombs. And you see, this particular man, in Mark chapter 5, the pain was so bad, he began to cut himself with stones, because you see, he could not handle the pain, and then he opened the door to the demonic realm. All right? All I'm saying in this pathway for you that are listening today is that once you put the past behind you, don't let the enemy remind you of it. You know, I heard somebody say, when the enemy reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future, the lake of fire. So, once you've got healing from the past, leave it there. Leave the past behind you and walk on and walk into the future. Because you know what? That's the exact thing the enemy don't want you to do. He doesn't want you to go in your future. And that's where the new pathways are so important. The last pathway is there's healing in his wings. I love this one, Malachi 4.2. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version of the Bible. But for you who revere revere and worshipfully fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, by the way that son is S-U-N, not S-O-N, will rise with healing in his wings and in his beams. And I want to stop right there. What this picture is uh, picturing is the sun rising up into heaven and the golden rays of the sun touching the earth. How beautiful is that, right? We know that in the natural, light is healing. So, how much more the light of the glory of heaven. And this is once again a messianic scripture speaking of what Jesus would do. He would be the son of righteousness and there would be healing in his wings. Now, when you look into this scripture, the word healing... uh, is, comes from two he, uh, Hebrew words, Marpe and rapha, which means to heal, to make whole, great physician, to heal you of all your personal distresses. The word kanaf, uh, is the word for wings. You know, the, the Bible says, my soul takes shelter in the shadow of your wings, kanaf. Under his wings you shall take refuge, kanaf. Remember the woman in the Bible who had the issue of blood? That was in... Um, luke 8:43. she said if i can just press through and touch the hem of his garment i will be whole the word hem there same hebrew word same word it's the word kanoth and what it was is jesus wore a tally which was a prayer shawl. and this woman knew exactly what she was doing because at the corners of the prayer stall, there is a tassel which is called the kanoth and there are knots on that tassel that stand for the different names of god and when Jewish people are married, they're married under the hoopah, under the tali, which represents the glory of heaven that Messiah would bring. This woman knew what she was doing because she pressed through the ground and she reached up and she grabbed that tassel and she grabbed Jehovah Rapha, the great physician, the healer, because you see, she had spent all of her money on the physician and she wasn't getting any better. So she said, I'm going to go to the great physician. And she reached up and she grabbed that that hem, grabbed that tassel and that knot, and the Bible says virtue was released from Jesus, and the blood was healed up at his source, and Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean Jesus? The disciples said, everybody's touching you. He said, no. Who touched me? Because virtue went out of me. And that woman came up knelt down, and he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. That woman took a big, big risk. She had an issue of blood she was bleeding. She could have been stoned for going out in the crowd. But she said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And there will be times in your life where you need to reach out and touch the hem of his garment again because you'll need another touch of that virtue that flows from him. And and, uh, then when you uh, look into the scripture, if you read some of the Jewish historians like Josephus and other people, they said the time that Jesus went to uh, the house where the little girl had died, and 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 he said, little girl, arise, get up. The Bible, uh, one of the historians say that when he bent over the little girl, he put his prayer all over her with a tassel and said, little girl, under the wings of my prayer shall I say to you, arise? Because he was the son of righteousness, and there was healing in his wings, and he was Messiah. How do we know he was Messiah by what he did? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast all the, He did all these things. And he's still alive today to help you and I. There is healing in his wings. you know what? My Bible tells me that God, in Psalms, I believe it is 104, verse 2, God wrapped himself in a garment of light. Here's how this works for you and me. When our soul is wounded and we're in a place where we need healing, we need to say, God, wrap my soul in your healing wings and beams of light. If God brings you an event, in this event, You know there's people you need to forgive. Spend time focusing on the blood and forgive those that have hurt you. And then ask God to heal you with his healing wings and beams of light. You know, when I was thinking of the new pathways, one of the things that we do when we teach the new pathways is we want to get that negative tape out of your head. Then what we do is we take the new things, those 18 things that God has said about you, the I Am Statement, and we want you to replace the negative tape for those I am statements. All of us should say them every day. Why? We want to take on the identity that Christ has for us. It says in Ephesians 4:22 to 25, you were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its evil desires, and to be made new in the attitudes of your mind, and to put on. The new self created like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all parts of one body. What has God said about you and me? Listen to these 18 statements. I am a child of God. I am beautifully created. I am Christ's friend. I am accepted. I am clothed in his righteousness. I am sound-minded. I am an overcomer. I am forgiven. I am seated with Christ in heavenly realms. I am complete in Christ. I am peaceful. I am free in Christ. I am free from all fear. I am Holy Spirit-controlled. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am God's workmanship created for good works. I am confident to come before God in prayer. I am able to do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It doesn't say some. It says all. Then the Bible says in Proverbs 18:21, the tongue has the power of life and of death, and those that eat of it can eat of its fruit, and those that love it can eat of its fruit. And you know, when we begin to speak out loud what God has said about us, and some of these things you're going to say, boy, I can read that, but I do not that's not something I believe in my heart yet. Don't worry about it. Start confessing it. Start saying it. Start proclaiming it instead of the negative things coming out. And you will see a change that will begin to take place that will be transforming. Now for those that are here today and those that are listening to you, I want to just encourage you and exhort you to get into the Word of God. I want to exhort you to stay disciplined in your walk with Jesus and to stay disciplined in these pathways. For if you do, you will experience great great victory. But I want to say a prayer now for those of you that are here today. And for those that are listening to this CD, I want to pray for you that when you do these new pathways that you would have a personal encounter with the living Christ. Let's pray. Just get in that quiet place right now. If you're driving down the road in your car, you might want to pull off the road and kind of get in at that quiet place and just allow me to pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are under my sound of my voice right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your presence would touch them right now. And I pray that as they would learn to live and walk in the pathways the rest of their life, that the Word of God would be living and active, that they would find the transformation that they are looking for, that you would help them, Jesus, break out of the old cycle and break into a new day with you walking in a new way and a new victory. Lord, I pray that you would assign your angels to them. And I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would be upon them. And I pray for healing. I pray for strength. I pray that they would never again open up old doors that are now closed. And I pray for those that may get this, that maybe they haven't gone through the inner healing process. I pray that you would give them strength to go for help and get the healing they need. Lord, you are the great physician. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world and you are our king and through you we have the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you are listening to this today, I would encourage you to visit our website www.spiritualcareconsultants.com Visit our store. Look at all of our new resources. And if you need anything, feel free to email me at gale, G-A-L-E, at spiritualcareconsultant.com or give us a call at 269-929-2901 and may God bless you and have a great day.